This week on Ultra 64, we have the need, the need for velocity, with Extreme G and Extreme G2. Welcome back to Ultra 64. Uh, this is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Gunling. I'm Woody Siskowski. And, uh, you know, it was the night before Christmas, all through the office, I guess. Not a creature was stirring except for some really fast space motorcycles. That's true. That's the poem. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, many fond Christmases where our family would gather around the Yule Log and... Uh... Play some extreme G. <laughs> Race some space cycles. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Yeah. So this is uh, this is th- this should be coming out Christmas Eve. So I hope everybody's gathered around their own respective hearths and uh, roasting some stockings or whatever it is your weird tradition is. Uh, and I hope you're all having a nice, safe, happy, warm holidays. And if you haven't finished your Christmas list yet on Christmas Eve, I know something that you can add to it. I want uh, the Turbo Man doll. Yeah, I was going to say extreme G. Um, because it was, like, kind of okay. It was okay. I was surprised by yeah. how okay it was. Yeah, this wasn't um, bad. Uh, let's let's get a little into the uh, the nuts and bolts of this game here. Extreme G1, uh, well, it's not called Extreme G1, but I'm designating <laughs> it as such so as to avoid confusion. That's now that it. I've explained that, for efficiency's sake, I shall proceed. Extreme G was released on September 30th, 1997. It was developed by Probe Entertainment and published by Acclaim. Now, I'm going to take a pause here because... There's not too much to talk about with Extreme G in this sense, but there is a lot to talk about with Acclaim. This is the first Acclaim game we've come across on the show so far, and uh, that name's probably triggering for a lot of people around our age who've been playing games for a long time. Uh, For a period in the 90s and early 2000s, they were one of the most prolific developers out there. They produced, uh, I think, 29 games is what I marked down for the Nintendo 64, so they, they do a ton of stuff. They rose to prominence on the backs of licenses like uh, The Simpsons and South Park. They had Batman, they had Spider-Man, Double Dragon, and they had the uh, handheld console publishing rights from Mortal Kombat. So that kind of helped boost them to success. Um, You said that they broke off of Activision, is that right? Yeah, my understanding is um, Acclaim was a company that was formed by uh, former Activision employees who decided to name themselves Acclaim so that they would appear higher alphabetically in company listings than Activision. And the funny thing about that is Activision was a company that formed splintered off of Atari, who named themselves Activision to appear up higher alphabetically than Atari. So It's, it's like the phone book wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm surprised we never got to, like, Aardvark. Aardvark <laughs> Studios. Yeah. Aaron A. Aronson Studios. Yeah. Uh, so... Acclaim was a big, big, big name for a long time. They had a lot of little sub-studios. Anyone who had an NES back in the day and remembers seeing that little accursed rainbow in the bottom corner of the label knows LJN. Oh, my God. Acclaim owned LJN, which was the purveyor of extremely shitty licensed games. Oh, so if you LGA played games are some of the worst games. They ever. were amongst the worst. If you played Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, I think the Jaws, Back to the Future, Back to the Future Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just crap after crap. Uh, they were kind of notorious for a while and acclaimed owned them. Uh, they also owned Probe, which is the studio that produced this game. Do you know I, off the top of your head, we might have to go back, what company made the most games for the Nintendo 64? 
I don't know it? off the top of my head. It's either Acclaim or Midway, though. I, I, I'm willing to bet. Okay. You think uh, they did more than Rare and Nintendo? I, I'm pretty sure they did more than Rare. I think Rare did around 15 or 16. Okay. Uh, Nintendo... Yeah, I don't know how many like strictly Nintendo licensed games there were. That'd be good to look into because most of their output is just has their licensed characters. Right. So if it has Mario, uh, uh, Kirby, Zelda, stuff like that. So yeah, we learned we learned a few weeks ago that Mario Party isn't even really developed. No, it's Nintendo, a Hudson so. Soft game. Yeah, so yeah, that wasn't even in house. Anyway, let's get into the story. Oh, of no, I have, oh, I have no, a little bit oh, more. I have a little okay. bit more about Acclaim. More Acclaim. So the reason we don't see them around anymore is because they filed for bankruptcy in 2004, uh, and they went out on a high note. Uh, they went out largely because of controversy stemming from some of their uh, ridiculous promotional uh, campaigns. Okay. So in 2002, I believe, uh, they offered $10,000 as a promotional stunt to any parent willing to name their baby Turok. Okay. To celebrate the release of Turok Evolution on PlayStation 2, which is one of the worst games ever made. One thing I will say about that is someone who works at a public library and signs up kids for library cards, mm -hmm. Turok, not that weird of a name. Probably not anymore. <laughs> and I mean, you know, you could always just say call, uh, say Turok and then their middle name is something normal and, you know, call them by their sure. middle name. yeah. Uh, they were also... Uh, given some criticism for renting out actual tombstones to print ads for Shadow Man 2 on, in graveyards. They later backpedaled on that and said it was just a prank, but uh, that's kind of a gross prank. And finally, they, they took the uh, Dave Mira Freestyle BMX series, which is kind of their knockoff Tony Hawk series, yeah. and uh, they decided it needed to be spicier, so they threw in a bunch of strippers and boobs and alcohol and fart jokes, changed the name to BMX X. Dave Mira dropped his name off the game uh, and sued them, and that, and coupled with another couple of their uh, lawsuits from people like the Olsen twins, uh, who were owed back payment for their games, uh, finally shut the studio down in 2004. And BMX XXX, one of your personal favorites, right? One of my personal favorites, man. You want to see some square, blocky, weird boobs. I think this might be another episode of Boobcast, actually. Oh, no. Well, there's not very many boobs in Extreme G. There's not. Um, there's really very few human characters at all. Well, that's... Yeah, let's get into that Extreme was, That was fun, fun acclaim facts you for know, Steve. We're, Those we're, were actually pretty fun. We're, Relative we're, to, like, company back facts, that was pretty good. Some are pretty good, yeah. yeah. And we'll be, you'll be hearing a lot from acclaim in the future, but, yeah. This is this is one of their better ones. I feel like. Oh yeah, I would. Like I said, I was very surprised at the level of competence in Extreme G. Yeah. Um, so, so what, since since yeah. this is the Christmas episode, and mm -hmm. we we specifically selected a Christmas themed game to we play did, yeah. of uh, futuristic motorcycles, I'll go ahead and uh, explain a little bit of the backstory of Extreme G. Yeah. Um, so the year is twenty thirty four. The war on Christmas is over. <laughs> Christmas has been has been outlawed. Santa Claus and his family and reindeer have been scattered across and sent to prisons across the solar system. You play as George Claus, <laughs> the last remaining member of the Claus family. In order to rescue your family and save Christmas, you must compete in the intergalactic remote-controlled deadly motorcycle races. You are George Claus. You are one extreme G. <laughs> That's amazing, and straight from the manual. Yeah. <laughs> the, the red Definitely and green not manual. something that I just wrote in a fever dream of not being able to sleep. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Extreme G to all of us. <laughs> Extreme G bless us, everyone. 
Well, sorry, I'm, I'm on the tail end of a nasty winter cold, so I'm going to be hacking up some lung stuff into the microphone. I don't even want to read the real story of this because it's nowhere near that interesting. I'm, I'm just going to go with that. But let's say it is an extreme uh, motors, futuristic motorcycle racing game. Now, there's a little bit of disparity because the first game, from what I was able to find, these are unmanned motorcycles. They're like drones mm -hmm. because the Earth is uninhabitable and you're... You're on a planet, like, orbiting somewhere, and you're controlling it from there. That makes sense. Uh, they don't ever really go into the why or the how, or if this is a fight for survival or just boredom. Sure. Uh, but in the second game, there's definitely people in these. Yeah. There's a cut. The, the intro scene shows someone in one of these motorcycles with the top going down and actually driving it, a very blocky-looking person. Second game came out November 17th, 1998, by the way. Uh, and these were both Nintendo 64 exclusives, which is also pretty rare, but um, they, the, the second one was eventually ported over to PC. There's, I mean, to, to just be, this game is just a real blatant F-Zero knockoff, um, in the sense that even the title is an F-Zero knockoff. Yeah, <laughs> something hyphen letter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's only one letter away. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's, let's try naming our own. Um, Radical H. Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, tubular I. Uh, dangerous Z. Unsafe Q. Exciting V. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> question mark? Ooh, I like ridiculous <laughs> question mark. Ridiculous <laughs> hyphen question mark? <laughs> is it ridiculous? We don't know. It's the one I would buy. Um, yeah, so this yeah. game is, um, the selling point is that you go fast. You go and real fast. The first game, you do actually go real fast. I was impressed. It, um, the sense of speed is definitely there. Yeah. Um, the frame rate runs smooth. And it feels um, like an arbitrary distinction to make, but according to the research I did, this is the third fastest game on the Nintendo 64 after uh, Star Wars Racer and F-Zero. But again, it's kind of a... I mean, that just means the numbers on those games go higher. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going faster than those and games. This, this game felt fast. It felt really fast, yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, let, let's let's get into it. Yeah, so the the first game, yeah, like you say, the frame rate was keeping up with mm -hmm. it. Uh, they even really, when we played the two-player mode? Even when we played the two-player mode, it, it kept up, and it was uh, really smooth. I felt like, you know, I would have liked a little more control over corners um yeah. there is you can hold the r button and you get to make sharp turns yep. but i feel like that's one of those things mario kart just ruined everything for me if you don't have that r button drift to help you take the corners then i just feel like you're you're failing at a base at yeah, a basic that's... level but this one isn't bad because the controls are pretty responsive for the most part like you know i can you can keep up with it and there's a little bit of a learning curve but it, once you keep up with it you're pretty good i mean most of the turns and they kind of have to be because it is a fast game are just the game the tracks are very thin and most yeah. of the turns are pretty slight just sort of off one direction and there's nothing too dramatic there's a few um, more interesting effects like um half pipes or corkscrews that you can go on mm -hmm. um but i don't it doesn't feel super technical game because the courses are so skinny. There's not a lot of other obstacles to hit. You just kind of are riding down the middle yeah. as best you can. Um, this game does have weapons, which differentiates it from F-Zero. Um, because it is such a fast game, I'm not sure the weapon mechanics work great. No, it's... they're they're a little flawed. And the first game, 
you're, you're, you have a basic weapon. You, you accelerate with the Z button, which is a nice, comfortable feel, I yeah. think. And you fire your weapon with A. And the first one, you have like an, a basic unlimited weapon. It's kind of low power, but if you just want to spam somebody with bullets, and that's unlimited. The second game, it's limited. So you will like eventually you start jamming on that button, you know, sure. just click, 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 you get nothing. And the, the weapon variety, it took us a minute to figure out how to use it and what each one did. They're all just kind of futuristic goo-gahs that hover around your ship, and you activate them by pressing right C. Yeah, and they usually just shoot some variety of missile, be it forward or backwards or homing yeah. or... Or the weird ones just go straight off to the side. The little side lasers. Which have very limited applications. I yeah, think. Um, just sprinting off from the weapons real quick. This game also has a battle mode um, huh. to rip off Mario Kart, and... As you can imagine, for a game that's supposed to be about going fast, the battle mode is terrible. It's real limited space. Like it, it, it looks kind of like uh, something in GoldenEye, like kind of a limited, like slightly tiered open space. Uh, you you zip around, but again, you're moving so fast that you can't really. You're you're either crawling or you're like goosing your little guy forward until you get within shooting range of somebody. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, they felt the need to include it because so many games had um, gratuitous battle modes on the N64. That's definitely a theme. I'm sure we're going to come across yeah, more. A yeah. lot of games that are perfectly fine in their other modes throw in some weird battle mode. And. Uh, Flag mode was a little more successful, kind of a way to do this sort of basic thing. Um, basically, you race through the tracks, you collect flags, and you can take flags from each other if you shoot each other and then drive through the flag. I feel like that's kind of a better way of doing a battle mode in a yeah. speedy game like this, and that one was a little more fun. But yeah, the, the regular battle mode was super awkward. Um, the second game modifies it, so now you're no longer, mo you're no longer motorcycles in the battle mode, you're tanks. Yeah. So we saw that and we're like, "Ooh, okay, this has potential. This is good, but it's worse." Yeah, it's, it's, it's somehow still worse. it still really sucks. Um, let's, I mean, let's talk about the second game here a little bit. I we can we can always backtrack a little yeah. bit. Um, the second game was surprising to me because I was I liked the first game and was impressed by the quality, and this is, so I thought, "Okay, the second game's got a lot of potential." It it seems worse in most. Most regards. I think the yeah. graphics are a little better. They're a little more colorful. I, I would but... argue with that, actually. I feel like the, the settings were much muddier. There okay. was a little bit of the Nintendo fog in the first one, but it wasn't mm -hmm. bad. This one, it's kind of hard to see very okay. far. So I was crashing into walls a lot. That's Yeah, that's fair. And there's definitely, it feels much slower. Even though the numbers, like you said, Yeah, the numbers higher, are going higher. Um, it does not have the same sense of speed. And it was a little cleaner when you played it one player versus us both playing. But, but there was still a noticeable frame rate drop between the first and second games. And that kind of thing really makes all the difference. Yeah, I yeah. felt like... I mean, these games are pretty similar, um, but... But 2 is just... I feel like 2 is a big step down in, like, every sense. Um, we didn't really find any mode that they did better. Uh, and even, like, little things like the user interface is kind of really clunky. It's kind of like everything's a decoder ring. <laughs> you know, you're just spinning your little menus around, and it's not really clear what's highlighted, you know, until you look. There's, like, a little section of the screen that's slightly lighter, and that's supposed to be your indicator. It's it's an awkward system. And then it's it's difficult, like, if you're trying to quit out of a mode, if you're not looking at that little outer wheel, like, it's not... The default option is just says go, yeah. which makes you replay the level that you just played on. Yeah, it's really strange. I don't know. It was kind of clunky, and I, I wasn't crazy about that. 
Oh, man. Yeah, what else is there to say about Extreme G and Extreme G2? Not a whole lot. Um, I mean, I feel like these were kind of made for arcades, but it was never an arcade game. I think racing games are interesting. In, I think that they are sort of the easiest game to do competently. Yeah, okay. Um, it's rare that you play a truly terrible racing game. Um, because usually going fast and avoiding objects is fairly interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's also fairly rare that you play like a super great racing game. Yeah. And I feel like this this sort of falls right in there. It was certainly better than I thought it would be, being as it's an acclaimed game. Um, and just an F-Zero knockoff. I, you said you haven't played F-Zero much? F-Zero no, X. not much. Um, I think the... I played F-Zero quite a bit on GameCube, but not on uh, N64. I guess when we get to that episode, we'll sort of do the comparison, because I feel like that's sort of the direct competition with this game on the N64 console, is this, F-Zero X. And uh, I feel like the one I always confuse this with is Wipeout. Oh, which yeah. Which is, Wipeout is similar. I think they're more, like, hovercraft in that, but it's it's a similar kind of futuristic space racer idea. And that one's remembered pretty fondly, if I recall. Mm-hmm. That, that was mostly... Uh, most a lot of those were on PlayStation. Most yeah, of the Wipeout games. Yeah, Wipeout sixty four. There was one Wipeout sixty four, but uh, I think there was a larger series that was pretty popular for a while. Yeah, but as far as like racing games go, I'm not a racing game guy. I mean, you're going to hear that a lot from me and start questioning why I'm doing a podcast. Oh, I'm not a this kind of game guy. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not crazy about racing games. A lot of that's just because I'm bad at it. Sure. Uh, and I get frustrated easily and just kind of bored with it. Like, if it's sure. competent on a basic level, then it's usually kind of boring to me. Yeah. Uh, unless they're doing something weird and interesting to spruce it up. And I think this one does some weird, interesting stuff to spruce it up, even if it's just the fact that it's pulling off a pretty impressive simulation of speed on an N64. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is a game, I think it's probably, I mean, we had a, I think we both had a decent time playing it, yeah. um, but I imagine it's the kind of game that gets boring pretty quick. Um, it's more, it's sort of immediately accessible and decently fun, um, but I imagine, I was ready to be done playing it about an hour yeah. when we were, after playing it. I mean, there are a lot of unlockable tracks and stuff that you can do. There's a good variety. Um, I think but, there's probably about 12 or 15, yeah. E- but even with... That you know the different backgrounds and tracks. Most of the tracks all feel kind of the same because yeah. um, they're so skinny and the curves are so slight. Um, I, I don't get the impression that it would have the variety of tracks like a Mario Kart would. I mean, you know, it might have the same number, but like those games, all the tracks all have very different feel. Yeah, yeah, they did, and they, they're a little more responsive and a little more interesting. Well, I mean, I think we've kind of... This might be our shortest episode ever. I mean, there's just not a whole lot to talk about with Extreme G. Well, ta- uh, tell us more about Acclaim or something. What, what uh, there's not too much else. I mean, uh, I, I will say there were uh, two more games in this series. Uh, in the Extreme G series? XG3 oh. came out uh, for PlayStation 2 and GameCube in 2003, and it actually got pretty good... Res- oh, 2002, I'm sorry. It got a pretty good response. Uh, I looked it up. It's about 83% on Metacritic right now. It got. Oh. It was pretty well-liked. Uh, and then uh, two years after, or no, the next year after that, 2003, there was XGRA, or the Extreme G Racing Association. Again, PS2 and GameCube, less positive response on that okay. one. And the series kind of just died there. But, well, that's know, because Acclaim went out of business, right? Acclaim went out of business. Well, they, uh, they weren't with Acclaim anymore at this oh, point. Oh, okay. Yeah, they sold off uh, a lot of their assets. This was one of the first ones to go. I forget who took it over at this point, but... Uh, 
not not a big name or a, a name that's still around. But you know, it so it, it had a little bit of length to it. It had uh, four entries in a game yeah, series. That's not that. Um, can we think of more goofy ways to tie this episode into Christmas? <laughs> Some of the it's a lot of the levels, uh, the tracks, and then kind of look like candy canes. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, your racers have like really extreme names like Jingle Bell and uh, Freaker and Freaking. Dasher and with an Nash, X. Nasher. Nasher. Um, Dasher and Dasher and Richard Nixon is a character. What would you say is uh, the best, the most Christmassy game on the Nintendo sixty four? Most Christmassy. I think we've already played it. I, I think, think it's Banjo Kazooie. I think you're right. I yeah. think it's Snow. I think we even talked about it on that. Episode, There's a big Christmas tree like right in the center. I can't think of any other game that prominently features a Christmas tree. You're right. All right. Good. We've answered that question that we answered a couple weeks we ago. It. I think it's time to move right. on to the right, rankings. Fair enough. Uh, so I think we are going to get to a point after, I'm going to say the cutoff will be 10, when I'm going to stop right. reading off the whole list of rankings every time. You need to, will you, will you, uh, add an, uh, maybe I shouldn't ask you this on the air, but will you add another page to the website that just I already did it. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Good okay. thing I brought it up. Yes. No, good segue. Okay. If you go onto our website, ultra64podcast.com, uh, I've replaced the reviews section on there. I was, I was writing those and I was having fun with them, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of just saying the same thing that we said on the show. Yeah, after I mean, talking about it for 15, I 20 see, minutes. I see this is just hard. like valuable real estate I'm eating up. So I've replaced <laughs> it. And now it's uh, our rankings. Side by side, uh, you can see how we like our games as we play them. <laughs> right now, Woody's list looks like this. Best game, Banjo-Kazooie, followed by Gauntlet Legends, Fighter Destiny 2, Mario Party, Fighter's Destiny, Space Invaders, Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, and last and least, Nagano Winter Olympics 98. So you have two games to add to this today. Okay. Um, well, like I said, this is, was a surprisingly competent game. Um, I think I would have gotten, I mean, get bored of it quick. Um, I'm going to put these, uh, just to make it confusing, mm. um, I'm going to put Extreme G under Fighter Destiny 2. Okay. And I'm going to put Extreme G2 under Fighter's Destiny. Okay, so that makes Extreme G your number four game. Okay. And Fighter's Destiny, or no, I'm sorry, Extreme G2 is your number six, six game. Yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds okay. good. We'll just break up the obscure right. series by uh, I, I'm, I'm a, distinctions. I'm going a little more extreme. Oh, uh, no. Uh, and I, I will say this is my uh, number two game. Extreme G1 is my number two game. Wow. For right now. For right now. Temporary. I think this is better than Mario Party. Oh, good. I think I just... it's more fun to play. I mean, it's probably not as replayable oh. or as playable with friends, but it, set, it accomplishes what it sets out to oh, do Oh, really it's worth well. noting that this game, it, both of these games are four-player. They um, are. There's only two of us, as you probably noticed. We don't have any invisible special guests today. Um, so we didn't try the four-player mode. Um, maybe the frame rate dropped. It's also the kind of thing... These games, um, when you play them in the split-screen mode and you're going fast, um, unless you have some super huge TV, yeah. it's it's real hard to see where you're going. It is a little bit, and, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted before we got to see where Extreme G2 ranked. No, that's okay. And again, I'm going a little more extreme, so I'm putting Extreme G2 down below Space Invaders. Holy smokes. So that's... Uh, 
the bottom three of my list right now would be Space Invaders, Mortal Kombat Mythologies, and Nagano Winter Olympics. Wow, what a, what a, what a drop in the sequel. It's a that drop. Is... I thought, yeah, the sequel was really shoddy, I thought. It was a real big departure okay. uh, and kind of a disappointment because I felt like the first one was like, wow, this is kind of an underrated, cool little game. Yeah. And uh, the second one was real bad. I feel like this is the point now where our uh, our lists have really diverged. It's starting to get, uh, starting starting to get to. exciting here. And yeah. I, think, I think they're only going to diverge more uh next week oh that's I, right because we got we next got week. three games to add next week right no 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 oh, that's, oh, that's the week after next but okay. they still might diverge a little bit further next week because next week we are playing glover oh glover is uh of course based on the sitcom of the same name it stars danny glover as a struggling single parent trying to raise three rowdy boys uh so we'll see how that plays as a game all right that sounds sounds pretty good um <laughs> All right. And any any other extreme things to add? Should we? I, we should get out and start seeing extreme G carols, right? I think Going we door should. to door. Deck the halls with super fast motorcycles. Vroom 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 vroom. That's the classic that was, one. Yeah, great way to end it. Well, uh, Woody, a very merry extreme G miss to <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. An extreme G miss to all of our listeners and to all a good night uh and an really, extreme sincere, night an extreme night and to everybody seriously thank you for listening and uh enjoy your holidays uh whatever it is you celebrate even if it's just sitting around burning stockings enjoy that greatly happy holidays we'll see you next week bye